Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another edition of the UMass Football Show on our kickoff week, bringing in the season right. I am Kyle Miller, joined by Sean Oldred and the season debut of Josh Schreiber. Josh, how are we feeling right now, getting ready to go in this wonderful season so far? I'm feeling great, Kyle. You know, hopefully going to be a much more exciting season this year for UMass football. Got a lot of fresh faces in there on the coaching staff and just in the roster in general. And I'm pumped to get the season started. And away we go. Yesterday, we had our schedule breakdown. So we're going to kind of explain to you who we have on the offensive side, why we had that. And me and Sean also locked in. The over two and a half. Sean, you still feeling confident a day later? Feeling great about it, honestly, Kyle. The more I think about it, I was sitting and talking to my dad today, who is a UMass alum, and you know, he's a little more on the pessimistic side of football, but I think I talked him in. He's he's all in now. He's like, You think they can get four wins? I'm like, they can absolutely get four wins. So, you know, I think we're causing believers everywhere we're creating yeah. them out of the and, umass uh, fan base and so. hey we're not saying to go embed it but if you like making money it's not the worst thing to go look at take a look but we're going to start with our offensive breakdown right now and we're going to start with the most important question and not just football but in all the sports who is going to be the quarterback right now there are three main options brady olsen gino campiotti and zamar wise olsen started for most of last season as a freshman Threw for 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Gino Campiotti transferred from Augusto Junior College. Threw for 1,900 yards, 18 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. Wise didn't get a chance to throw a lot under Walt Bell last season. Primarily used as a runner, but he is explosive and electric when he runs. Sean, I'm going to start with you. When you first look at all three of these guys, what do you see out of all three that can make them the candidate for the starting quarterback job? All right. So it's it's a three-man race right now. I think it's starting to look like a two-man race. It's, I think, worth noting. I think this this competition is coming down to Brady Olsen and Gino Campiotti. Zamar hmm. Wise will play, hmm. you know, meaningful football this year. It'll be, you know, some sort of wildcat, I think. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets in on goal line sets, you know, third and shorts, fourth and shorts, or just to throw it out there to give the defense a different look. He is one of the best athletes on this team, if not the best athlete. So I think that is kind of where you start is the Wise is extremely talented, but I don't think he fits that role as quarterback, but he fits that role as like kind of a hybrid running back quarterback mix that he'll be used this year. When you go up to Brady and Gino, it becomes really, really interesting. So Olsen kind of has that leadership that you saw last year. I thought that the guys seemed to play a lot harder for him as the season went on even though we weren't necessarily seeing the results we wanted to see from Brady, you know, he really kind of peaked in that, um, you know, BC game and Eastern Michigan game early in the season were his two best games of the year. And then we kind of saw a drop off. I think the coaches like Olsen, I do think he's getting lots and lots of reps in practice, but I'm just not sold that he is better than Gino Campiotti. And this is somebody who picked Olsen in the off season to become the starting quarterback this season. Watching Gino at spring practice, watching some of the highlights that have come out of, you know, preseason ball right now, Campiotti looks good. Um, He's explosive. He's got a really strong arm. Um, You know, his accuracy would be, I think, his biggest knock right now. But I definitely think that's something that comes with being, you know, just acclimated to the team a little bit better. 
Um, you know, he just got here. He got here in the spring of last year. So, you know, it's going to take him time to build that repertoire, that relationship with those receivers, the backs, the whole thing. So, you know, you obviously got three talented guys. I think Campiotti's the front runner right now, but obviously Olsen's still very much in the race. I'm very surprised you said it's a two-man race. I mean, I'm a big fan of Zamar Wise and what he can bring. But, Josh, I mean, do you feel that same way that it is a two-man race? I, I honestly think Sean pretty much hit that one uh, right on the head. I I agree that Zamar Wise will definitely get a chance uh, to play kind of in that sort of in like the Cam Newton role before he was actually like or after he was actually the starting quarterback where they – for the Patriots, when they they let him come in on the goal line sets, the the short down, uh, the short yardage sets and stuff like that, just because he's such a such an asset to have in the running game, and especially when you add a guy like Ellis Merriweather and some of these other running backs that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But when you add that component in, it makes it so the defense doesn't really they can't key in on one guy because you have. Merriweather, who's so dangerous, and then Tamar Wise, who also is extremely dangerous with his legs uh, and in some maybe some shorter passing uh, opportunities. But, yeah, for me, I would understand if they start off with Brady Olsen this year, you know, just a freshman, but I, I don't think they should give him a long leash. You're trying to win all the games that you can win. I honestly did not love what I saw out of Brady Olson just in terms of, you know, he's, as Sean mentioned, great leadership guy, potentially. Uh, it seemed like the guys did like playing for him, but I think you got to give Gino a chance. You know, he's the type of guy that, you know, maybe he'll make some critical mistakes and maybe make some plays that you end up losing the game because of them. But he's also a guy that he's going to make, uh, he's going to break off that 50-yard run that, you know, Olsen, he just doesn't provide that aspect of the game of running the football, being an aggressive runner, kind of like like a Trey Lance almost that I, I think that Campiotti could be um, very good. He's a raw talent, but coming out of Juco, you, you see a lot of these Juco guys. For example, Cam Newton's one of them came out of Juco, uh, was really, really good. Um, there are plenty of guys. Juco, Juco is a high level of football that people don't realize that. And I think Campiotti um, under Don Brown and under Steve Casula just gives the UMass offense so many more options in that with that powerful run game that they should have uh, and all the athletes that they have at receiver this year. I, I think that Campiotti is the better fit long-term. I think yeah, that I think uh, Kyle, if you don't mind, I think yeah. Josh made a great point. The Trey Lance comparison spot on. I think it's a great comparison, Josh. And then if we go back, just making more college football comparisons here, the way they use Zamar Wise this year, I think a lot of that will circ like if you watched, if you go back and watch the 06 Florida Gators, Chris Leak was their starting quarterback, and they had this freshman named Tim Tebow that what they would use on goal line sets. Not saying Zamar Wise is going to turn into Tim Tebow and win you a Heisman, but I am saying they'll be used in similar aspects of like those goal line sets, you know. He can throw the ball, you know, maybe a nice play action pass, use them in like some sort of speed option, some sort of read option play. Um, but that's, I think, how I think Josh and I both agree how we see Zamar Wise being used this year. I think I got to be on team Zamar Wise here. I feel like I got backed into a corner here. I mean, I first thought this was a three-man race, but I think the way that Zamar Wise 
can really benefit, can really stand out. It's just because of the system that Kasula has. He prefers a style with a lot of read option and a lot of rollout, something that Wise can slot in perfectly. And while we saw him playing last year, you didn't see him throw the ball that much. You know, you thought, oh, maybe he doesn't have the arm. But as we saw in spring practice, that is not true. He has an arm. He can get the ball to where you want to go. He's not going to throw the ball 70 yards down the field, but he can get that ball in the right spot into the receiver's hands. And I think that Zamar Wise is definitely the riskiest of the three to pick. But I think the reward is so much higher. And I think there's times where you have to take a risk sometimes. Now, I'm not saying you roll him out week one, but hey, let's say you go 0-2, something that me and Sean both kind of predicted this. You might give him a couple looks, see what he can do, see if he can take over a game because that's what he has. He has that game takeover ability that not a lot of people that have. Geno's got it a little bit. I don't think Brady can just take a game over single-handedly. That's something that Zamar Wise can do. I'm excited to see how it plays out, but before we move on, you got to give me your picks right now. Who do you got starting week one? Uh, I'm going to go with Campiotti, I think, Uh, which – it's funny because if you go back and listen to our episodes from all of last year, I was telling you Brady Olson was going to be this quarterback um, starting week one in New Orleans. I'm going back on that. Camp Yachty impressed me so much in spring practice. I really thought that he was kind of the guy um, that you wanted um, running this UMass offense when you looked at the other options. And you mentioned Kasula's offense with the rollouts, um, somebody who's going to run the read option. Olson can't do that. I mean, I like Brady Olson. He just isn't capable of doing that at the same level that Gino Campiotti is capable of doing that. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Campiotti. I'm going to give him the edge here. But obviously, you know, nothing's final until Don Brown and Steve Casula announce who's going to be starting in New Orleans. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I could be wrong, but I think the last time that I was on the show, I was talking, I was basically talking up Gino Campiotti um, I, I was a big fan once I saw his tape from Modesto, uh, which was his Juco college for anyone listening. Um, but I I do have to say, I think Olsen will be the starter week one. That does not mean I think he should be. I Personally, I would like to see Campiotti. I think that um, that's kind of just like the version of me that wants excitement. And Kyle, like you said, I, I agree Zamar Wise can provide that read option. But I think Campiotti can too, to at a very high level. He's a more physical runner, I would say. Maybe not, maybe doesn't have the quickness uh, or elusiveness that um, Zamar Wise might have. But I think he has the better arm, basically the the higher ceiling for him. Um, and I I think Campiotti will take over uh, the starting quarterback duties by week three at the latest. Yeah, I think that Campiotti is going to be the starting quarterback. But I'm going to tell you. Samar Wise comes in, throws for 250 yards, runs for 100. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with me in the studio that next week. I just want to I just want to give you guys that warning right now. I wouldn't complain. Yeah, wouldn't you know, complain. I wouldn't be it's not a yeah, it's a good problem to have. But moving on, yeah. we got to move on to the running back room and when you think of running backs in this room, you need to know about Ellis Merriweather. If you listen to this show, you know how highly we think of him. Ran for over 1,100 yards last season to go with five touchdowns. This is after he took over as the lead back after Karon Adams got down with an injury. Before we talk about the rest of the running back room, we need to talk about Ellis Merriweather and how 
I still think he doesn't get maybe the respect he deserves because UMass isn't isn't in the best of state as a program. I mean, I think you guys agree. I was telling people this earlier. If he was in an SEC school, if he was in one of Big Ten, one of those type schools, he would be getting so much more hype around him. And I just think that's just one of the downfalls of being an independent school. I mean, I think you guys can agree with me there. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry, Sean, if I cut you off there. But um, Merriweather, I think he could totally be a guy that you see on Sundays uh, a couple of years down the line. You know, he's going to not going to be a high draft pick, of course, coming from UMass. But, you know, another Juco guy, he absolutely is not lacking in size. He's 6'2", 225. That fits uh, very well with some of the bigger backs that we see in the NFL today. He's a beast. And honestly, I, I think that what he did last year was incredible. I don't think he should do the same thing this year just because of, you know, for his health. He's only in college. You know, I, I want to see him have a sex, successful career. And what he did last year was absolutely incredible. But I think he could, he would agree he needs someone else to kind of step up um, and fill in that that second role because he, he's an absolute beast. But he's going to get worn down just like any running back would. Yeah, Josh, it's a great point about, you know, he needs some help. You know, this can't be the Ellis Merriweather show again this year. Um, but going back to kind of what Kyle had mentioned, Ellis Merriweather is one of the best running backs in all of college football. And it's completely slept on by the national media. You know, even people, at, I think, in Western Mass do not pay enough attention to how good this kid is. He rushed for 1,100 yards last year and wasn't the starting running back week one. Like, we, I don't think people understand how impressive that is. Um, he put the team on his back. The offensive load was all his, I mean, for the majority of last year. And Ellis Merriweather will not carry the ball probably 30 times a game like he did some games last year. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing that happens. It is a good thing. You know, I think that goes to Josh's point, you know, about somebody else carrying the ball. But Ellis Merriweather is going to be the, he's the best player on this team. He's going to be the focal point of this offense. When other teams prepare for UMass, it's going to be, how do we stop Ellis Merriweather? Now, that being said, you know, the running back room has other guys in it that are talented, need to step up. The offensive line, obviously, is going to need to be solid again for Ellis to have the type of season that he had last year. But Merriweather, you know, should be in this national conversation with the best running backs in all of college football. And I think if he has another big season, you could be, I mean, I think there's a there is a world where Ellis Merriweather is drafted um, into the NFL after the season from UMass if he puts together another stellar season because he's just that freaking good. People don't like people don't realize this. It's so frustrating that you have this you know talent at your school and like no one cares, no one's paying attention to it. Ellis Merriweather, I'm you know a huge fan. Gonna push it. That's gonna be my agenda this year. Push Ellis Merriweather. Push everything, all of his content. Let's get it out there. People need to know that name because he's going to be torching your favorite team on Sundays too. So I'm excited to watch Ellis Merriweather again this year. Um, and I think we started at the end of last year, but I'm going to go back to it. We're going to start the hashtag Ellis Merriweather for Heisman this year um, <laughs> because, you know, when he rushes for 1400, 1500 yards again, and uh, he'll shock the world. So there it is. Hashtag Merriweather for Heisman. 
Hey, you never know. The Heisman might go through Amherst. We're going to need some marketing on that one. It's a pretty, some pretty good marketing. But like we said, he needs some help. I mean, he can't do it all himself. No running back can. And I think this is where K-Ron Adams, when he comes back, it's going to be very much needed for the whole UMass offense. I mean, he was kind of the guy last year. He's that kind of elusive back. He can bring it outside the tackles. He's a pass-catching running back. Then he got hurt last year. When he came back for the spring practice, it was very interesting because he was flirting with the defensive side a little bit. They ultimately decided against that, and he's back at the running back position, something that I think is best. I mean, it's great for the offense, but I think it's best for the team in general. He's somebody who's now going to be kind of the two back, and it's a different role. It's like the roles were flipped because going into the last season, Karon Adams was that guy. And then you see Ellis Merriweather kind of taking it in. I mean, I don't think it will be a running back by committee this season, but I think these, I think the amount of carries that are going to go is going to be a lot more balanced than what we would think to see, especially after the season, the dominant season that Merriweather had. I mean, Sean, where do you see Karon Adams fitting into this offense? I think you put it well. Karon Adams is probably your RB2 here. He's probably that secondary back. I guarantee you, if they're in, if they're in the shotgun, though, you could see a lot of Karen Adams, not only next to whoever the starting quarterback is, but also maybe in the slot. Um, he's that good as a pass catcher that I think will utilize him kind of all over the field. I also would bet he makes a difference on special teams. Wouldn't be surprised to see him return kicks, return punts, do that type of thing. Um, that's kind of where I see him right now. Obviously, those plans could change. He was the RB1 last year. You know, at the start of the season, he's really, really talented. Um, nothing saying that he doesn't kind of come into his own again this year. Hopefully, you know, he's completely healthy and all is good there. But I definitely think he's obviously slotted behind Merriweather. Um, but he's he's such a different back. He's kind of going to give you that pass catching ability, that outside of the tackles. It'll be interesting to see how they use him. And Kasul, I mean, we really have no idea how Kasul is going to utilize him um, in the end. but. There's plenty of other talented backs uh, that I think we'll get to in just a minute. Yeah, I mean, um, I think one back that we're going to talk about right now is probably Tim Baldwin from Indiana. I mean, he's someone who's kind of coming in under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about him, but I think he's going to surprise some people. I mean, Josh, where do you see this back half, not back half, but the running back two and three of this room kind of going this season? Uh, I, I honestly think it can go any way. Uh, you mentioned Tim Baldwin. I also think a little bit of a sleeper, and honestly, he probably won't have much of an impact this year, but in future years, I think he could be the future of uh, the UMass running back room, and that's uh, Greg DeRossier. I totally could have pronounced that wrong, so I apologize if I did. Uh, he's a he's a Louisville transfer. He's going to be a freshman this year, redshirted last year. Last year in the spring, he was really, really good. He was extremely explosive. Um, had a few huge plays. Um, and I would not be surprised if maybe obviously you never want to see an injury, but if there are if there are any a couple injuries or something like that, he could get a chance to play and play a good amount. And I, I would not be surprised if he picks up a couple of hundred yard games. He is that good. Uh Louisville has always been known for they've had some electric players in the past. Obviously Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson. Uh so DeRossier obviously had um, had some guys that he would have had to overcome, and coming to UMass was the better option for him. I'm looking forward to watching him if he gets an opportunity last uh, next year. Um, 
and Tim Baldwin, you know, in 2020, he picked up a 100 yard over 100 yards against Maryland in a conference in the Big Ten that has maybe the best defense in the country. Uh, the Big Ten known for that with teams like Wisconsin, Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan, all those teams very, very good defensively. Um, so I, I think he could be very good playing against the competition that UMass will play. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, oh, one Sean, thing, Kyle. Yeah, you got My it. Bad. Uh, but DeRozier is legit. Um, I remember standing on the sideline with definitely Kyle and us looking at each other and being like, who is this kid? Like we, he wasn't even listed on the roster at that point. We're trying to find out. We're talking. We're talking to the legend Howard Herman. Like, who is this kid? Number three, because he's all over the place, lightning fast. Just like George Johnson and him were like probably the two fastest people at camp, and we were just, I think, blown away by the speed that we saw um, on the offensive side of the ball that was obviously not there last year. Speaking of George Johnson, great segue into our wide receivers slash tight ends. George Johnson is somebody that every UMass fan needs to know. Write his name down. He is somebody who in spring camp absolutely dominated. Blazing speed, shifty. He can carve up defenses like a Thanksgiving turkey. He knows what he's doing on the offensive side of the football. I mean, Sean, you saw him firsthand. Just what? try to put in the words what he can bring to the table for this UMass offense. George Johnson, first of all, if you don't know, he's a, he's a Michigan transfer. He's coming in as a redshirt junior. He's got a few years of eligibility left, which is huge. This kid torched every single defensive back um, pretty much through the entirety of spring practice and was really the only receiver who I think we felt was like, oh, Johnson's open again, and there's Johnson again. And not only – it was really fun to watch Kasula like, utilize him in different ways too because – he put him in motion a lot. It was really hard for guys to keep up with him, especially I think you're going to notice if teams are in man-to-man and you have somebody trying to track George Johnson, they're going to have a tough time with that, especially if you're putting him in motion behind the line of scrimmage. Like That's really hard to keep up with if he gets a running start already. So George Johnson, he was a receiver now. He, Michigan tried to you know move him to be a defensive back. He didn't want to do that. He transferred. He's here now. I think he's going to be the best receiver for this UMass team. I think he's going to be Campiati or Olsen's favorite target this year. Um, obviously, he's a little bit smaller than you know some of the other guys we've seen, like Anuma DK or even Rico Arnold. But uh, he's six foot nothing and lightning, lightning fast. So definitely watch out for him. Number four this year for the Minutemen. Uh, big things, big things happening. Yeah, he's listed as a wide receiver, but he's a football player. He can do everything. You can get he can get it out the backfield. You can take a handoff. He can go down, hit a slant, go deep. He can do everything for this team. But in terms of kind of that classic wide receiver look, there's kind of there's not a hole, but there's a lot of different options. And someone who I think is going to stand out to a lot of people, two re- receivers, Anuma DK and Mike Fitzgerald. 6'5 and 6'6. Coach Brian Parchers, when we talked to him in the spring, he has a go get it approach. That means you're throwing up to him. They got the receivers got to come down with this football. That's the biggest thing that we need. I mean, Josh, when you look and you kind of see what's going on, where you see this offense going, where do you, how do you look at this wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, this is a wide receiver room that has the potential to have three or four guys just all of a sudden break out. Um, 
this is going to get their wide receiver room is going to give Steve Casula an impressive amount of options for we're going to see how creative he's going to be able to get because outside of George Johnson, who is an incredible athlete, there's, for example, Anuma DK, Michael Fitzgerald. I think both of them could have breakout years, both very big targets. Uh, Anuma DK is 6'5", Michael Fitzgerald 6'6". Uh, both of them were three stars and uh, big, easy targets for their quarterbacks, whether it's Olsen, Wise, Campiotti, but all, both of them easy uh, to hit. Another one that I really like is Isaiah Holiness. I think he could really be an electric part of this offense. Um, came from San Jose State, returned kicks, uh, Was at, came out of the backfield, ran some routes in the slot. He's just a guy, along with so many others in, the, in this offense, that are very versatile. Um, we're probably going to see them line up in the backfield at some point. We're going to see a lot of end around type jet sweep type stuff um, from them. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some trick plays just with the athletes that they have on this team uh, with, with a guy like Zamar wise, potentially being part of that. And I think that this team could be super exciting. You know, obviously the results may not be exactly what UMass fans would love to see. Like they're, they're not going to win eight, nine games this year. But they're going to be a team that they could have some high-scoring games. They could score the ball a good amount. And I really think that it's going to be a team where you go to the games and it's not just like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like something, Some of those games we saw last year, you guys know better than anyone, were just – there were so many head-scratching calls and head-scratching decisions. It was just like it. it's just so tough to watch them try to move the ball. I really don't think we're going to see that at all this year, um, with the exception of maybe against a team like Texas A&M. But I, I, we're going to beat Texas A&M this year. We're taking over the. 12th. I think I think the less said about uh, the Texas A&M game, the better. But I mean, yeah. just to, just to put to back off what you said, I mean, you're gonna see you're gonna see players this season put in a, just just a much better position to play to their skills. You didn't really see a lot of that. You kind of just saw a base offense and if you didn't fit that mold you're not going to be in it but that's the right. thing when you're a coach on the college level the rosters especially with tr the transfer portal these days it's so fluid there's so many different players that could fit into these different pieces and it's a matter of trying to find what fits and i think that's what steve casula is so good at he's going to be able to find out what works for this team We're talking about the wide receivers, you have to talk about the tight ends as well. And with tight ends, I mean, Josiah Johnson is the name to watch out for. It seems like every season he kind of 
Maybe he's going to be on the quarterback position, but he always comes back to tight end, and tight end is where he belongs. Such a good red zone threat, can get open despite his size. Sean, Josiah Johnson is probably the anchor of this UMass passing offense. Yeah, Josiah Johnson, I think, is going to be, whoever the starting quarterback is, one of their favorite targets. You know, he's going into his junior year now as a red shirt. Last year, he was, you know, preseason, all-independent, second team. And he gets there not only from his pass-catching ability, which we've seen multiple times throughout, you know, his last few years at UMass. Um, but I think the biggest thing that separates him from being a good tight end and a great tight end is what a good blocker he is. He's basically like having a sixth offensive lineman down there. He offers so much in the ground game, um, you know, being able to just hold his block, move upfield if he needs to. It's invaluable to this UMass team. I think, you know, Kasula will tell you that. Alex Miller will tell you that. Um, that's kind of where he separates himself. He's also just got great size. He's 6'5", 235. It's really, really difficult to stop somebody, you know, on the ground, you know, blocking with that kind of size. And then, you know, if you put a linebacker on him, he's too fast for a linebacker to guard him. He's too big for a defensive back to guard him. He really is kind of a matchup nightmare, and they'll look to use him a lot in the red zone. Yeah, and the biggest reason why he didn't go at quarterback was talking to Kasula and Brown was he wants to play in the NFL. He wants to put his players in the best position to get to the next level. And not only that, I think not only to be at the next level, but to be the best team that you could be, him at tight end is the best situation. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see in the shotgun in the red zone, you see Josiah Johnson, Ellis Merriweather right next to each other. I mean, that's going to get some defensive nightmares. He just adds so much to that versatility standpoint where coach Kasula coach Brown they've been preaching this whole time I mean Sean how important is he going to be in that red zone offense I think he's going to be extremely important you're going to see him at tight end uh you know lining up in any sort of you know just jumbo package they'll put him in there he'll be in every single you know normal offensive set honestly you could see him in the wildcat too I wouldn't be shocked if they put him at quarterback and just, you know, had him and Merriweather back there. That's difficult for defenses to read. Um, and then just his, like I mentioned, he's 6'5". So he's one of those guys at a tight end. It's something that, you know, you see in the NFL a lot. You can kind of float the ball up to him, let him go and get it. Um, I think that's something that we'll see this year. Um, I remember last year, they were playing Army. Um, he had a really, really good game. He got a touchdown in that one, uh, which it was a super weird play, but he just finds ways to get open. Um, and he's going to be in, invaluable to this UMass team. Just the experience that he brings um, across the table will be so, so valuable for this UMass offense. Before we before we close out today, I want to talk about the big boys up front offensive line. Alex Miller is back again, has taken steps to improve the offensive line. And the biggest move that I thought was kind of a, not a headline grabber, but something that was very interesting to keep your eye on, Josh Atwood on the defensive line last year, moving the center. He was recruited out of high school as an offensive line, but he was the number one player in his state back in 2020 as defensive lineman. So he went to UMass there. Alex Miller brought him up with the idea to come back to the offensive line. He accepted Sean. I mean, Josh Atwood is going to add to an to an offensive line that's returning a lot of their players. Yeah, so this is an offensive line that, at the beginning of last year was not good. And when you looked at it, you could you could tell just because they didn't have any experience. This was an offensive line last year that started the majority of their majority of the players in the offensive line last year were freshmen or sophomores. 
Um, very few upperclassmen. And when you look, if you go and look at the roster now, there's still not very many um, juniors or seniors. It's a lot of sophomores. So this offensive line is still pretty young, but the improvement from the beginning of last year to the end of last year was enormous. I mean, it was night and day how much um, better they got. So I'm really excited to see what Alex Miller can do. I think he did a good job in the transfer portal this year. And I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest change for the offensive line this year is going out and going to get Cole Garcia. He's um, he's a transfer and he transferred from Rice. And he played 777 snaps last year. He started 11 games for Rice last year. He started five games his junior year. He has tons of experience, tons and tons of experience already. He's going to kind of be the default leader, I think, of this offensive line just because he has all that experience, even though it's not necessarily at UMass. Played against good opponents at Rice. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a change coming from you know Dallas to Amherst, but I definitely think he's kind of somebody to look at this year um, that'll kind of be the captain or leader of this offensive line. Um, and I'm excited to see what Alex Miller can do. He's a great coach. He's going to get... I definitely think that he will just continue to move up in the world of coaching um, without a doubt. And every one of the coaches that works with him seems to have nothing but positive and glowing things to say about him. So Alex Miller is definitely a name to watch out for. Definitely somebody who would get, you know, a power five offensive line job or even, you know, a group of five OC job at some point really wouldn't surprise me. Man, you took that Cole Garcia thing from me. I had that exact thing (laughs) written down from Rice. Ah, man. All right. It's whatever. Josh, what do you think of this offensive line? Uh, yeah, I think obviously, like you guys said, it's going to be much improved from last year. It's really, to be quite frank, it's hard to get worse than how they started off the season last year. Um, it, it was really hard to watch, and it made it hard for Brady Olsen to keep developing as a freshman quarterback. Um, and obviously bringing in Cole Garcia was huge. I think Don Brown just being there himself with – the experience that he has with some much more um, dominant offensive lines than maybe what Walt Bell had experience with and some of that coaching staff, obviously a huge turnover. Alex Miller's back, um, associate head coach this year, and, of course, the offensive line coach. He's, I think he'll do a great job. Just overall, I think the coaching staff is going to have a much bigger impact on this team than they did last year. And that alone is just going to help the offensive line tremendously along with just gaining experience. Yeah. I can't wait to see the offensive line. It's just going to be another aspect improved about this whole offensive side of the ball. But with that, we are closing out our offensive breakdown. Be on the lookout tomorrow for our defensive breakdown, along with our preseason prediction and our preview against Tulane, the first game of the year for your UMass Minutemen football team. For Sean Oldred, Josh Schreiber, I am Kyle Miller signing off. Have a great night. And as always, take it easy.